Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Like he's going to take off himself, and he will get to the 20, to the 15. Still going, Riley up in the air. Touchdown, Eskimos. How do you like them, Apple? Breaking away is Connor McDavid barreling down the right-hand side to the net. Richard score. That one a beautiful end-to-end rush. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. How's it going, everybody? 6.06. We got the Oilers filling the net last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. The new guy, Mike Camilleri, coming to town today. Oilers didn't practice, but back on the ice for the morning skate tomorrow. They take on the St. Louis Blues, having a good season, but their last couple of outings have been rough. It'll be on 6.30, Chet, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7 here on 6.30, Chet. And, of course, the Eskimos West Final at Calgary Sunday afternoon, 1 o'clock countdown to kickoff. On 6.30, Chad, and the game will start at 2.30. You'll hear a little bit from head coach Jason Moss as we roll along tonight. I'd love to hear from you this evening. If you got time, you can text 6.30, You can call 780-496-0063. Of course, I'm sure many of you have opinions on the Mike Camilleri deal with UC Jokinen going the other way, and I'm sure many of you have opinions on where he is going to fit in to the lineup, especially since the goal-starved Oilers actually came up with a plethora of goals last night. Here's Kara taking a lead pass from Latestu, shorthanded back to a rich shot score! First shorthanded goal of the season for the Edmonton Oilers, and it belongs to Oscar Kleppbaum, his second of the year. Maroon will give it right back to Strom on the half wall. Get it back, goal line, one-timer score! Beautiful feed, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins finishes. Feed Ovitu. Give and go. One-timer score. Hustling down the slot and burying one top left corner is Patrick Maroon. Left bomb given another chance. A shot. Deflects five hole and scores. On the goal line for Dry Settle. Peering inside. Power play. Back door. McDavid banks it off. Legacy. And it winds up in the net. And I think Vegas might have put it in its own net. He'll lumber across the blue line, feed McDavid to the net. Reese shot score. And that should seal the deal. Lucic bumped it free. Nugent Hopkins has a two-on-one with Puyarvi. Nugent Hopkins shoots and scores off the rush. 7-2. He'll move to Benning. Get it back. Send it over to Carrot. Right circle. Back door. One-timer score. Letestu from Cassian. And it's 8-2. 
Well, I thought you might enjoy that. All eight goals from last night. Jack Michaels with the call with the Oilers ringing up the Vegas Golden Knights. Edmonton 7-9-2 and two now on the season. 4-2 and two against the West. That was actually Vegas' first loss against the Western Conference. They dropped to 7-1. and one. Oilers 4-6 and six at home. Still not a very good home record. And, of course, they have yet to win back-to-back games on home ice this season. So they'll try to remedy that tomorrow night against the Blues. The trade obviously uh, broke about uh, 24 and a half hours ago. Jokinen going to L.A. for Camilleri. The uh, salary difference, Camilleri makes a million dollars per season. Jokinen makes 1.1. Camilleri will get a $200,000 bonus if he scores 20 goals this season. Wouldn't that be great if the Oilers had to pay that out? He, uh, He does have three so far on the season, seven points in 15 games. And... It, it's to me this is really interesting how this worked out because you kind of, I mean there were many names flying around over the last couple of weeks that the Oilers might have been trying to move and I think GMs are always talking to some extent so I think sometimes when you hear rumors I, I always think to myself well there's probably some truth to that but how certain is it that it's going to happen how serious is it I, I thought it was going to be pretty difficult for the Oilers to move UC Jokinen given that he had one assist hadn't been playing well I thought in the summer that was a good depth signing and I hope Jokinen turns out to be good in LA I hope he goes there and and uh, you know finds his game a little bit and can still contribute because he's been a good pro and he's had some pretty good seasons in the league but you know, he'd been healthy, scratched for the Oilers a few times, wasn't really fitting in. So Camilleri, and you'll get the story on his journey in Los Angeles from Daryl Evans coming up in a few minutes. Daryl's going to fill you in why the Kings made Camilleri available. So Camilleri comes over as, as a guy who can hopefully shoot the puck. And how many times have we said that about the Edmonton Oilers, that even though they're a high shot on goal total team this year, there's still a lot of that feeling that they pass, try to pass the puck into the net a little bit too much. So Todd McClellan hoping Camilleri comes with a shooting mentality. Since he entered the league, the one thing that he has is an, an incredible shot, a quick release. He knows where the net is. Um, he's obviously still doing that. He's put some goals and assists up this year in, in Los Angeles. and uh, we, we think he can come in and use that shot. Um, it's not that we haven't created opportunities. We haven't finished on a lot of them. So if we can continue to create, and he happens to be the uh, the, the receiver of some of those passes, maybe uh, maybe we get a little more offense out of him. Well, and I and I think we got to be realistic. It, it's funny talking about this after the Oilers score eight goals in a game, but they only scored eight total in their previous four and two of those were in three on three overtime the power play again despite going three for three last night has been bottom five or six in the nhl most of the season camilleri is not going to come in and score obviously tons of goals like i said if he gets to 20 that'd be great but if he can help eke out a goal in a tight game you know, maybe turn a 1-1 game into a 2-1 game, prevent it going to overtime or, or, or get you into overtime, then I think that's what the Oilers are looking for. And maybe if he shoots more dangerous shots, more rebounds, more traffic around the net, and that all can add up to a little bit more for the Oilers. It's going to be interesting to me if he plays tomorrow, and I don't see why you would acquire him and, and, and not play him tomorrow, though I guess we'll see how they line up at the morning skate. It'll be interesting to me to see where they put him in. I was talking to, uh, I think I was talking to Morley earlier today and said, I wonder if they're going to put Camilleri with McDavid. So that's what Glenn Sather would always do. 
you acquire a guy and you, you throw him out there with Gretzky and get him going and make him feel good. I don't know if that's going to be the approach tomorrow because McDavid, Maroon, and Dreisaitl has been a pretty steady line for the Oilers for a year now. Nugent Hopkins, Lucic, and Puglia-Yarvi, I don't see that being broken up because Nugent Hopkins, I, I think, has been the Oilers' best player this season when you look at all-around game. I, I think Lucic's last seven or eight games have been better than his first eight or nine. And I think Puglia-Yarvi, up from the farm for three games, I, I don't know if now he needs to be shuffled around when he's up here and trying to fit in and, and playing pretty well. And I thought he played well defensively last night as well. I mean, I wonder if... Packerinen comes out, and maybe you put Camilleri with Strom and Kara. Kara, good burst of energy, three points in his last two games. Strom seems more comfortable at center. Uh, maybe Camilleri goes on that line, and you leave Kajula, Latestu, and Cassian together. But you don't often make a lineup change after you beat a team 8-2, but with Camilleri coming into town, it could very well happen. This texture says, I think Camilleri can act as a mentor in the dressing room and help give the younger players confidence. Well, you hope he has that element to him, and I think Jokinen had that. I mean, you have traded one uh, older player for another, 34 and 35. Uh, thank you for the, to this texture who says uh, he or she is an English major. Kellen Kennedy on the other side of the middle. Uh, plethora. Did I say plethora? I, it's plethora. I thought you said plethora. Maybe I said it wrong. It's important to me that I say that word correctly. Okay. Somebody will have to call in and correct me on air because I'm not sure the... I, I'm yeah, pretty I, sure I, missed, I said it wrong. I've already forgotten comments, how so. I said it, though. That's the thing about working in the media. You develop a very short attention span. Yeah, sorry, dude. I, I missed it when you said it originally. Well, you, so. you often nap during the first 10 minutes of the show because the <laughs> afternoon news is so taxing. Well, yeah. You, and you, fire, up, you fire up old Wilkie. And then you're just you, like, you, yeah. Until the first I let commercial, him go, guys, and let him do his down. thing. He's off in his room by himself. <laughs> he's talking. He's happy. So there we go. NHL tonight: Red Wings leading the Flames two-one late in the first period. Chicago and the Rangers just underway. No score. Bruins and Ducks coming up later on tonight. It is six fifteen. It is Inside Sports on six thirty. Chad, you'll hear from Daryl Evans with the lowdown on Mike Camilleri when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Plethora. 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 That's what you said, wasn't it? Plethora. Yeah. I think I said plethora. 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 That's according to uh, this YouTube pronunciation video. (laughs) Plethora. That's what it's come to. My Nate instructors are horrified right now. That's what I've done with my diploma. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. It is 6.20. We'll have open line time in the next half hour of the show, 780-496-0063. Right now, from the Fox Sports West broadcast booth, former Los Angeles King, now an analyst for the team, Daryl Evans. Daryl, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. Always good to connect with you. We usually do this a day or two before the Oilers and Kings 
are going to play each other. But uh, <laughs> reason reason to talk here, given the breaking trade from uh, from last night. L- let me dive right in, Daryl. Uh, give Oilers fans your scouting report of Mike Camilleri from his uh, brief time here this fall as an L.A. King. Well, I think when you look at Camilleri, and this is his second time around with the Kings, uh, he's a natural goal scorer. Uh, I think he's somebody that can help the Oilers out immediately in an area where they're having a little bit of trouble with the man advantage. Uh, he's got a great, you know, great gift around the net, uh, 15, 20 feet out. He's got great instincts in the offensive zone. And with the experience that he has, uh, I think, you know, he, he can become a valuable asset. And uh, I think the Oilers fans are really going to embrace him. And, you know, I think it's going to be a, a win-win not only for himself, but for the Oilers. I think he goes into a great environment. Daryl, can you tell us how he was being used with the L.A. Kings? Because i got to admit, I was a little surprised when I saw the, the, the news of the deal breaking because Jokinen had kind of become a, um, you know, a healthy scratch here in Edmonton and he hadn't been playing that great, whereas, as you mentioned, Camilleri is still a guy who can produce uh, some points. But what, what do you think it led to maybe Camilleri being, I don't know if expendable is the right word, but certainly available? Well, I think, you know, when, when Camilleri was initially acquired by the Kings, uh, you know, I think the Kings took, were taking a look at the big picture. They were looking for somebody to, you know, to contribute a little bit of offense, something that they needed drastically after finishing 25th in the league last year. And, um, you know, with the injury to Gabrick, knowing that Gabrick wasn't going to be ready at the beginning of the season, that I think that they felt that, you know, they'd be able to, you know, reunite him with Kopitar and, and Brown and maybe cre- recreate some of that old chemistry and, you know, see what they could get from it. Um, I think the emergence of Alex Iafalo, uh maybe kind of, you know, brought the trade on a little bit. Uh, Iafalo, I think, is showing that he can play on that top line. He's got some speed to his game. Uh, he doesn't have the experience or, you know, or the finish so far in the early part of his career. But I think the Kings were looking that, you know, they needed to create and add a little bit of speed in their lineup. And that's exactly what they've done in, uh, in the, you know, the, with the personnel that they've added up front uh, with Kempe and, and, and Iafalo. So I think, uh, from Camilleri's standpoint, uh, you know, he had a couple of good games where offensively, you know, he was getting his chances. And I just think that, you know, as the Kings were looking moving forward, hopefully Gabbert getting close to, you know, returning to back to the lineup, that, you know, if Camilleri's not playing in a, in a, in a prominent role in the top six forwards, that, you know, we're not doing himself any justice and we're not doing the team any justice. So I think that's what probably, uh, you know, pushed the, uh, you know, the, the reason to make the trade. Daryl, you mentioned speed, and man, oh man, there are some fast-paced games out there. The Oilers have some fast players. I don't know if their team speed as a whole is that great, but what can we expect from uh, Camilleri in the speed and pace department? Well, I think you know. I think there. You know, you you, you nailed it pretty good there. You know, individuals like you say, and the Oilers have plenty of individuals that have great speed, great individual speed. They can beat you one on one. Uh, I think when you look back at teams, uh, the Detroit Red Wings jump out at me when they were winning their championships. They had great team speed, and that's everybody being on the same page. Uh, I think with Camilleri, he's a guy that can uh, he can complement that. I think in the offensive zone, even though he might be, you know, maybe I don't want to say half a stride behind, but let's say a split second behind, you know, the young players that the Oilers have, uh, leg-wise, I think with his experience and his hockey hockey uh, sense that he'll be able to get himself into the areas that he needs to be 
And when the opportunities arise, he's one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of chances to, in order to finish. So um, I, I think I think he'll be able to fit in there, even though the Oilers are, are, you know, in my opinion, one of the quicker teams in the National Hockey League. But I think he can bring an element that, uh, you know, that you know, veteran experience and a guy who's kind of been, been through it. That I think he can help complement some of that young speed and energy that the Oilers have. Daryl Evans joining us on Inside Sports, former Los Angeles King, now an analyst with the team for Fox Sports West. We're talking a little bit about the Jokinen for Camilleri trade. Daryl, I should also touch on a pretty impressive start for the Los Angeles Kings this season, despite a loss last night to Vancouver. Really good record, 11-5-2. And, and uh, you know, a year last year where L.A. was out of the playoffs, but they're also a fairly recent Stanley Cup winner as well, which I think proves how, how quickly it can go up and down in, in, in the league and how sometimes one or two hot or cold streaks in a season can make a difference. But give me uh, your impressions of why the Kings have kind of been able to bolt out of the gate this year. Well, I th- you know, I think when you go into... You know, you look at the you know the years from 12 to 14, where the Kings were able to capture a couple of Stanley Cups, went to the West Conference Finals once. Uh, those were you know those were magical years. Uh, you know, since then there hasn't been you know nearly the nearly the uh, success. Um, only one postseason visit, and that was a first round uh, exit. You know, into the hands of the San Jose Sharks. So. Um, you know, three years hasn't been a lot happened, and you know that brought the change on with uh, general manager, and and with uh, with the coach. So I think uh, you know what the Kings are looking to do is play a more energized, up-tempo style of hockey, add a little bit more speed, and that's what we've seen. And it starts uh, from the mindset of the coaching staff. John Stevens has done a great job with his staff, and you know putting together a game plan that allows the players to play, you know, a little bit more upbeat, um, you know, maybe carry the puck a little bit more, not necessarily a dump and chase team. They're a team that attacks more off the rush. Personnel-wise, uh, you know, a couple of the Swedes that they added back in the blue line, Folan, Fantenberg, I uh, mentioned uh, Kempe up front, played a few games last year, and then you look at Ayafalo, he's got good speed. So the Kings have added a little bit of quickness in their game, and I think that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, that they've been able to get off to a good start. Kopitar had, you know, arguably the worst year of his career last year, and he's having, you know, a great a great year this year to start things off. Uh, Dustin Brown's been put back in a more prominent role in the top line, and that's, you know, that's re-energized him. Uh, he's producing not only goals, but he's creating space for his for his line mates out there, and uh, you know, he's prov- he's providing that leadership that you know that the Kings need. But you know, I think you know at the early part, uh, things have been good for the Kings. Last few games, they've you know run into a few snags. They've lost three in a row after going eleven two and two to start, and I think that's you know you're going to see a little bit of that the ups and downs through the course of the year. But I think this is a team that has a different approach towards the game, and you know and all the things that I've said so far, you know I failed to mention Jonathan Quick, and you know last year's uh, you know not not having a playoff appearance, Jonathan Quick taking an injury the first game of the season. I think that forced the Kings into playing a whole different style of hockey. They were on their heels all year. And now with Quick in the lineup, uh, you know they're back on their toes. They have all the trust and confidence that Quick's going to be back there making, you know, making the saves. Arguably, in my opinion, the best goaltender in the game today, and I think he's proved it. And uh, you know he can win games, win games single-handedly. So they have that trust factor with him back in the lineup. And uh, with with that, uh, it's allowed them to be a little bit more aggressive, and they've gotten the job done offensively. Daryl, it's always great to have you on the show. Thanks for fitting me in. I know you're a busy guy, and appreciate you giving a scouting report here on Mike Camilleri for Oilers fans. We're gonna we're gonna get to know him pretty fast here. Thanks so much for your time. My pleasure. Yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy watching him. I'm sure he's gonna put a lot of pucks in the net there, and look forward to when the Kings and the Oilers match up again soon.
Donate a toy today and make Christmas come true for 25,000 less fortunate kids through 630Chad Santa's Anonymous. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630Chad. Scott Morgan Black in here from our uh, newsroom. She's showing me Weezer videos. You never know what's going to happen at work. One day you're pronouncing plethora either correctly or incorrectly. Then you're interviewing Daryl Evans. Then you got a, a co-worker yeah. showing you Weezer videos. It's, it's it's a laugh a minute here at 630 Jet. Remember back What's in next? The... A juggling Brian Hall? <laughs> Remember back in the day when they would sell you a brand new computer and the Weezer video for Buddy Holly was like installed on a computer to test out the media player. On I, it. Do, I do not remember that. I don't yeah. think that ever happened to me. The very first computer I ever owned, that was it. Like the opening day, we powered it up and I must have watched the video for Buddy Holly probably like 16 times that day. I'm living in the future. The, where's watching that music background video. sound coming from? I don't know. I, I don't know. It sounded like people were laughing. Well, it's pretty crazy here. Um, so you bought a computer. What was it, like a 286? Uh, a 486. A 486. So it was the big boy. Yeah. yeah, when the 486s were coming out, yeah. that's what you needed. Exactly. You were gaming on that. Yes. Playing what? Command and Conquer. Doom? Command <laughs> <laughs> and Math Blaster because my math skills were terrible back then, so I had to do the Math Blaster. Back then? Yeah, they still are. <laughs> still, still, still below average. Not terrible. Yeah, pretty well. All right, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, Mike Camilleri. Nick texting in. Hey, Reed. By the way, I appreciate that uh, more and more people are spelling my name correctly after four years of hosting the show. Woohoo! R E I D. Hey, Reed, I think the Camilleri trade is a good attempt at a save for the failed Jokinen signing. At this point, it could be considered opportunity lost from not signing Yager or Ginla. That's from Nick. The Big Al text again. He says, Reed, Camilleri might work out, especially on the power play. Imagine Latestu on the right side, Camilleri on the right and McDavid, Dreisaitl, or the Nuge setting either of them up might be the reboot that they need. That is from the Big L. Well, I think Camilleri will go on the power play. Uh, we saw Puglia-Yarvi there last night. It was Strom, Puglia-Yarvi, Maroon, Nugent Hopkins, and Benning. I, I think he's another option there, maybe for Puglia-Yarvi. I don't know if they're going to mess with the, the first unit. But look, it, it, it's another option. And it's a low-risk maneuver. If he comes in and he's able to produce a little bit and, and provide some uh, some of that veteran savvy that you need then great. If and, and it wasn't if he wasn't getting points in LA, but like Daryl Evans said, some younger guys stepped up that they maybe weren't expecting to play as well as they did. So they decided Camilleri was expendable. And they, they trade him to the Edmonton Oilers. Again, I I, I if it's me, I, I put him on the third line tomorrow with Strom and Kara. And I think that might help Strom to have a bit of a shooter on his line. I, I I know Strom's game is going to be highly scrutinized. I know a lot of you don't like the trade, Everly for Strom. Strom was never going to produce the points that Everly did. But he's cheaper, and I still think he can produce something. 
and we know that the team has been thinned down the wings, and that's been hurting the offensive production of some guys, especially in the bottom six. Now, in some cases, it's their own fault. I actually don't think Strom has, pl- has played that bad. I-, I mean, I think we have to recognize um, that his skill set is different from Eberle's. It may not; it's not as conducive to producing. 50, 60, 65 points, but I, I don't think he, you know, Strom's a complete write-off where he's a 20-point player. I think he's got some puck skills. I think he's starting to, you know, check the way McClellan wants us to check and get over top of the puck and hound guys and all that kind of stuff. So maybe having Camilleri with him will help. Yakushev says, hey, Reed, how long before Camilleri gets hurt? And, of course, Yakushev intentionally spells my name wrong. Nice going, Yakushev. Trucker Dave says, good speed, good shot, good move, not a loss. That is from Trucker Dave. He's, I mean, he's faster than Jokinen, as, as Daryl Evans said in the last half hour. He's not a, he's not a blazer. He's, uh, he's not going to come in there and, I, I, I mean, I think he probably at best he's average speed, given the way the NHL is today. But and I mean, look, when we get a when we make a when we talk about a move like this, well, I think we're talking best case scenario. He can think the game. He knows where to go. He knows where pucks need to go. He knows when to shoot, when to pass. He knows it's important to get shots away. And if he can play, like like McClellan said earlier in the season, not everybody can skate fast, but you can play at a quick pace if you read and react and get to the right spots. So if Camilleri can do that, then fine. And, uh, all right, the Big L says uh, he meant Camilleri on the left side. Well, Camilleri shoots left, so if you want him on his off wing on the power play, he would indeed be on the right. I don't know if that clears anything up for the Big L. But, hey, the Big L's suggesting both sides. That's so fine. That's fine. Uh, This texter says it's too late to blame Jokinen, so Strom is the next Edmonton goat. We always have one. It should be our mascot. All right. They got Hunter the Lynx. This texture says, remember when sports was a two-minute add-on after the news? No, I don't. I'm too young to remember that. 640, we'll bring in Kelly Rudy when we get back. Please support 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Find out how at santasanonymous.ca. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Oh, you pulled out some Weezer. Little Weezer. Hey, I want to remind you that some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Enjoy down-home Southern comfort, music, and Southern hospitality in the Rumpus Room at Northern Chicken, 10704 124th Street. They got some great chicken there. Great. They got Dorito mac and cheese as a side dish. That is worth trying. Maybe I'll give some Northern uh, Chicken GCs to uh, Ed Elnicki and Tyler Henry. Those university kids are always looking to scrounge food anywhere. I'll be like, here, guys, put the itchy bond noodles away. Have some northern chicken. Boy, look at this. Detroit is beating Calgary 4-1. They are only two and a half minutes into the second period. Also tonight, the Rangers lead Chicago 1-0 late in the first. Still to come, the Bruins play the Ducks. The Oilers will play the St. Louis Blues tomorrow. 
Kelly Rudy will be keeping an eye on that game. He joins us once a week here on Inside Sports. Former NHL goaltender now with the NHL on Rogers. Kelly, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Reed. In fact, I'm better this week than I was last. Last week when we started off the show, I said we're having a date night, my wife and I, Donna, and we went for a flu shot. Tonight, we're actually going for dinner, so it's a, a better start to the night. I'm getting more more uh, credit, I guess, tonight for uh, for my thought process. You're slowly learning. That's great, Kelly. You know, personal growth <laughs> is always important. You know, you ne- never stop learning, right? That's the, that's the You're key. You're right. I love it, bud. You know what? You're going to like this as an aside here before we dive into some of the Oilers stuff from the last couple of days. Obviously, uh, we had a lot of talk of uh, about Claire Drake on our uh, on our talk shows, mine and Bob's, last week. And I, I think Bob interviewed uh, Ken Hitchcock in, in the summer when it was first announced that Claire was going into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And yeah. uh, obviously, Claire doesn't doesn't get out as much as he used to anymore. But he was able to go to the ceremony at the arena named after him on Saturday. But about you know six or seven years ago, so Claire's eighty two, eighty three. Hitchcock goes to a coaches seminar, and guess who's in the front row taking notes? Claire Drake. No isn't, way. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> isn't that great? So to that point, a story about Claire. So uh, as you know, I grew up in Edmonton, and and his success with the U of uh, A Golden Bears. Uh, he was uh, a legend in town, and so it was very cool when I got to meet him for the first time. But my best friend uh, growing up in Elmwood was a guy that uh, I still see often, so I asked him about Claire. He, play- he played for uh, Claire at the U of A. Uh, his name is Jeff Marshall, uh, and I asked him, did you really appreciate Claire at the time, or what, what were your thoughts about him? He goes, no. You know, in fact, coming from the Western Hockey League, which Jeff did, he said he was so different that it wasn't until many years later that he truly appreciated the brilliance of Drake because he was way ahead of his time, like 10 or 15 years ahead, right? Because it was a more thoughtful way of coaching and he had all these different systems and so on. And it was unlike anything that he had ever seen in the Western Hockey League back in the 70s and 80s. So it was pretty cool to hear that. And so all of us that uh, have known Claire Drake for so long and, and uh, idolized him in some respects, I think it was very cool this weekend that he was honored uh, by the Hockey Hall of Fame, and deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's been such a great story for, uh, and well, I mean, really for Edmonton, for the U of A, and, and for anybody who, who follows uh, U Sports Hockey, as it's now known. So, so that's great. Kelly, uh, good to have you on the show. Uh, before you uh, start into your dinner, or maybe we're between the salad and the main course, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, the, the Oilers uh, made a trade last night. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, Stoffer and I were about to start our, our pregame show, and we were like, wait a minute, is this real? Because this seems like a nice little move for the Oilers. I mean, a veteran mm-hmm. guy for a veteran guy, neither one was kind of really uh, fitting in yeah. with, his, with his new team the way things hope. When yoking in for, for Camilleri, uh, what, what, what do you think of this one? Is this, is this what the Oilers need, or how do you look at it, Kelly? I sure hope so. I saw, I covered the Kings earlier this year in LA, and uh, I didn't see the same spark from Camilleri, and maybe just because he wasn't being used in the right situation. I mean, he's only averaging just over 12 minutes a game, and because normally he's a pretty impactful player, and he's got a lot of jump, and he has a, plays with a lot of enthusiasm, all great qualities, of course. And he's one of the true great snipers in the game. So I think the Oilers are sure, certainly hoping that, that this trade reignites him again. Um, for a guy that was limited ice time, though, he did score 
uh, seven points in comparison to Jokinen one point, I believe, yeah. in around the same amount of minutes. So I think you're getting a guy that uh, the Oilers need scoring, and you might get a guy that uh, finds that enthusiasm again because i got to tell you, for a lot of years, I was a big, big fan of Cam Larry. He reminded me so much of Luke Robitaille all those years where, you know, people would say, you know, they, they love scoring. Everybody likes to score. There's no question about it. But some guys love it more than others. And I've always said that about Luke and guys like Mike Foligno, Mike Camilleri. There's just so, something about them that that gets them super jacked up. Well, and I think he can still shoot the puck by the sounds of it. And it's funny, Kelly, because even though the Oilers are getting a ton of shots on goal this year, I mean, they were first for a long time. I think they're still in the top five in shots per game. There's still kind of that um, criticism maybe that they can tend to be a team that tries to pass the puck into the net. And if he can still yeah. maybe have that mid-range threat or that shoot-from-anywhere type mentality, I think that can help the team. And probably as an ex-goaltender, you know, there were those guys where you were probably like, man, I, th- I know this guy can get it off fast and he can beat me from anywhere on the ice. That must have been a pain to face guys like that. Oh, no question. And uh, maybe one of the best uh, was an oiler in their heyday in uh, Yari Curry. I mean, nobody maybe had a better one time at that point. Um, maybe some guys had a little bit harder, like a Brett Hall or somebody, but Yari was unbelievably accurate as well. So, But I, I agree. Uh, you have to have guys in your lineup that uh, I'm going to call him a selfish guy, but that's a, a quality, not a fault. So there's nothing wrong with having guys that uh, want to shoot all the time. And, you know, there's the league, maybe littered isn't the proper term, but the league is full of a lot of guys that would rather pass than shoot. And you get a lot of scoring opportunities, and you're thinking to yourself, shoot the puck, don't look to pass. But some of that at times, depending on where they are in the season, it's it's related to confidence that they just don't feel they're not getting rewarded when they shoot, so they feel like that's not the best option. But Cam Larry has been a guy that uh, no problem ever thinking shoot first. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. Well, the Oilers had a had a shooting mentality last night against Vegas, and it paid off. I mean, specifically, McDavid and uh, Nugent Hopkins both came down on their off wing. Odd man yeah. rushes where they might look to pass, and they just decided to fire it. Now, they were playing uh, a fourth-string goalie. And then at the end of the game, yeah. they, they got in there, uh, the, the fifth-string goalie, or the emergency goalie, Dylan Ferguson, got in the game as well. Kelly, you know, I, first of all, that was nice for the Oilers for the floodgates to open. Now, were you watching that as uh, as a guy who grew up in Edmonton, and I know you like the composition of this Oilers team, saying it's good they yeah. fill the net, or was your ex-goalie hat on thinking like, man, I feel, I feel for these two young guys in there tonight? Yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I, I was more leaning towards it from the Oilers' angle, just that you know they're facing these uh, guys that unfortunately are being forced into this situation. Um, although I have to say, I thought the Vegas team, they were just plain old lousy. The, the first goaltender legacy wasn't as bad as, as, as we would look if you look at the stat sheet saying, oh, he gave up six or seven. It wasn't all on him. But uh, I do think that when you have a situation like that, take advantage of it. How often do we have a, a goaltender get hurt some point in the game, a new guy comes in, he's cold, and then he doesn't have to face a shot for seven minutes because the team doesn't take advantage of it. So I thought last night was a good job by the Oilers. But you're right. I, I look at those two young guys and uh, how they're, they're thrown into this situation, and it's very unfair. I, I mean, I watched 
Ferguson in preseason, and uh, he was really, really good. So uh, it's just a little bit too early for him. Uh, I keep hearing that Marc-Andre Fleury's close to come back, or I did at least a while ago, and I do, it's pretty quiet right Seems now. Seems like so he's been close for a while and still isn't back. Right. Know? Exactly. I, like, I'm sure I heard two weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago that he's back any day now, and that certainly isn't the case. I know it didn't happen very often, Kelly. But when uh-huh. you have a game where you're giving up five, six, seven, and it's in the third period, <laughs> and it's 7-2, uh, yeah. like, guys always want to play and improve. Did, but yeah. did, you, did you ever have a get-me-out-of-here moment? Never. I never did. Even even when I was really struggling, I always had the mindset I got to finish the game. And sometimes it would finish badly, and you'd be embarrassed. But my mindset was I would rather take that than have to go sit on the bench and sit with my mask on the bench because I'm furious for the next 14 minutes or 28 minutes or whatever. So it, to me, it was the mind mindset and the mentality of I'm going to gut it out here with my teammates. I'm not going to quit. And they better not quit because if if I quit and if they quit, it's going to get even worse. And you can't disrespect the game like that. Yeah, well put. All right, before I let you go, St. Louis is here tomorrow. Uh, the Flames outscored them on Monday night. Uh, I, I was out with a couple of friends Monday, and it was kind of on at the uh, at the place I was having uh, having dinner. So I, I kept looking up, and there was a goal every time. <laughs> I, 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 I know it's a up, weird like, game. Like, yeah. So probably an irritated Blues team tomorrow night, or what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, well, because it's gone bad, uh, badly twice in a row. They lost to uh, uh, the Islanders at home on Saturday. So two bad performances in a row, so I expect they're going to be uh, – they'll show up in a grumpy mood. The other guy to watch for, and we've talked about it for a while now, Petrangelo I think is the leading candidate most people have, including myself, for the Norris Trophy. Uh, surprisingly, Monday night he was really quiet here in uh, Calgary, so I expect he's going to have an excellent game uh, tomorrow versus the Oilers. All right. Well, hopefully the Oilers can win back-to-back here at, ho- at, at home. They haven't done that all season long. Hey, Kelly, try the veal and have a great night. <laughs> okay, thanks, bud. <laughs> Always great to have Kelly Rudy on the show. Flu shot with his wife last week, upgraded to dinner this week. Oh, wow, next week's call is going to be really interesting. All your Oilers discussion for Nisku Ford, every model on sale every day, Nisku Ford, above expectations. You can text 63630, phone number 780-496-0063, 5-1 Detroit leading Calgary halfway through the second period. We'll keep you updated on that game. You'll hear a little bit from Eskimos head coach Jason Moss as they get ready for Calgary in the West Final on Sunday, and two graduating members of the Golden Bears football team, Ilnicki and Henry, are going to be in studio. Whole bunch still to come on Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.